Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. I want to get into a uh, teach mode on this morning, and I want to just teach just a little bit. Let me give you uh, the scriptures that I'm going to be uh, going to for reference, and if I don't get to all of them, you have them, uh, and you can look over them in your study time, okay? So if you have your pen and paper, those of you to do, if not, you just, just listen to me, and that's, that's good also. Uh, the first scripture we're going to go to is uh, the book of St. Matthew's, St. Matthew, the fourth chapter, uh, verse 12 through 17, okay, you get that? St. Matthew 4, 12 through 17. Okay, uh, we will look at verse 18. Skip down to verse 18 through 22. We will touch on verse 23 and 25, but that's the same book. Uh, the next book we will go to is uh, St. Matthew, the 11th chapter, uh, verse 1 through 6. St. Matthew 11, 1 through 6. Then we'll go to St. John 4, 24 through 26. St. John 4, 24 through 26. And last uh, will be the book of St. Luke. St. Luke 3 and verse uh, 2 through verse 6. So those are the scriptures that we're going to be uh, making reference to uh, if the Lord allows us to get to all of them. If not, you have them uh, written down and you can go over it in your study time. Uh, much prayer going out to our sick and shit-in. We want to pray for our sick and shit-in, those of you that are, uh, those that are sick and shit-in. We do want to hold them up in prayer uh, before the Lord, that the Lord will touch, heal their bodies, and raise them up and give them strength again. Shout out to all of the seniors. God bless all of the seniors, uh, Upper Room Church uh, Ministry all our youth, all that make up uh, the assembly, all of our families, all of our friends, uh, this inquire uh, and uh, with us on today. God bless you. Well, what I want to talk about this morning in the teach mode that is, if the Lord allowed to go that way, that's what, it, what was in my spirit. I want to talk to you about Jesus' uh, earthly ministry. The ministry of Jesus, when Jesus got started, uh, during his earthly ministry, how it got started, when it got started, what took place. We know Jesus came into the world. Now, according to studies, we, we know that Jesus uh, didn't live, he didn't come into this world to live uh, a, a long life, uh, longevity. Matter of fact, according to history, uh, around about 33 years of age, 33, I was told 33 and a half years uh, when our Lord was crucified. So he lived a short, relative short life on earth. He came from heaven, and of course, just he didn't come here to stay. He just came to get the job done. And the job that he had to do was to reconcile God's people uh, back to God. They had drifted away, excuse me, they had drifted away and uh, gone astray. And Jesus' job was to get God's people to reconcile and bring them back to God, okay? So I want to begin in the uh, fourth chapter of the book of St. Matthew. Now, if someone asks you a question, uh, when did Jesus start his earthly ministry? When did he start preaching? That's a good question. So you'll know how to answer them if it ever come up, or just for your info. When did Jesus start his earthly ministry? Some will say, well, he was around 11 or 12 years old, and he was found in the temple reading the scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And, and you know, you know how the scripture goes on. Well, that, and then he said, this day the scriptures fulfilled in your ears. Well, that was not the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, that just was Jesus, the beginning of when Jesus began to 
go around witnessing and reading the Bible in the temple among the high priests and the people that was in the religious leader that was in charge in that day and time. But when Jesus actually started his ministry, now according to history, according to the facts, uh, a preacher, uh, a man could not be a high priest until a certain age. He had to be 30 years of age. It didn't, couldn't be 15, 16, 12, 11. You had to be 30 years old to become a high priest. So all the time Jesus being adolescent, uh, the Bible don't speak about much as to what he was doing, uh, but it did say that he was subject to his parents. So wherever his parents went, he had to go because he was just a child, okay? There was one time recorded in Scripture where we read Jesus got separated from his parents, and he was around age uh, 11, and that's when they found him, uh, found that he was missing. That he, he went by the synagogue and went in there to read uh, the scroll, and he found in the scroll uh, is, uh, uh, is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach uh, the gospel. And uh, he told the uh, high priest, he said, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. And that scripture that he read was talking about Jesus himself. But Jesus' parents finally caught up with him, and from that point on, we don't hear very much about Jesus' uh, earthly uh, activities, where it, what he did uh, from age, from that point on, 17, 18, 19, 20, a young, young adult. We don't hear much about that, not very much recorded. But when it comes back on the scene, uh, he was age 30. And he was old enough to be a high priest, old enough to be a preacher, a, a, a man of God, uh, one that will speak for God according to the law. And so at that age, we find ourselves 30. We find ourselves in the fourth chapter of the book of Matthews. Okay? Are you with me? So in the fourth chapter of Matthews, now you know this particular story. How Jesus was, uh, verse 1 says, 4 and 1 says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And verse 2 said, and he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and after that he was hungry. Now, Jesus' ministry started, it started after the temptation in the wilderness. After he went into the wilderness, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And, and that's key. I want to say something about that before I move on. Uh, fasting 40 days and 40 nights. I, I thought about that, and I never did get a lot of teaching concerning fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Um, you know, from my teachers in that day and time, they just read it, Jesus fast 40 days and 40 nights, but nobody that I know attempted to fast 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, and, and I advise no one to try it. Uh, matter of fact, there are, there, there was three people in the Bible that I've studied. And during my course of studies, my years of searching the Scripture, I found that there was only three people in the entire Bible who actually were able to accomplish this for the days of fasting. Number one, that was Moses. The Scripture said Moses fasted for the days and for the night. And two was the prophet Elias, Elijah. Uh, Elijah also fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And three was Jesus. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Well, I, I asked myself many, many questions. How uh, on earth did they accomplish that? How were they able to uh, fast such a long period of time? Now, also, there are other people who fasted in the world. I'm coming back to this. There were other people who fasted in the world. Everybody uh, familiar with Gandhi, uh, Gandhi was an India, India uh, a leader, spiritual advisor, and one who uh, uh, fought for the cause of his people. Uh, Gandhi fasted often, and when he couldn't get what he wanted uh, from the people that was in charge, uh, he went on long fast, hunger strike, and he fasted for days. And, and I followed up on some of uh, the length of time that Gandhi fasted, 
And the longest fast that I followed up on Gundy was 21-day fast. And he fasted 21 days. And I found out how Gundy was able to accomplish his 41 days. He didn't go uh, 41 days without uh, bread and water. Some people think that uh, if you're not going without, uh, it's not a fast if you, if, if you include bread or water. Uh, but actually, it is a fast. Uh, so Gundy, Gundy fasted 21 days, and how he was able to fast so long, uh, he didn't eat food, bread, he did water. He drank orange juice uh, mixed with a little water. And that's how he was able to sustain himself for 21 days. So as long as a person is hydrated, you know what I mean? As long as a person is hydrated, uh, water, and of course you can't go very long without food and water, maybe like two weeks without food and water, then you begin to dehydrate and, uh, of course, you'll find yourself getting in trouble. But a person can go longer with by just being hydrated minus food. Uh, one can go 21 days easy uh, if he's hydrated, hydrated only with water, uh, 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 juice, I mean, orange juice, uh, uh, preferable, and a little water. So Gunner was able to fast 21 days uh, going this way. So I often wonder, how did Jesus and Moses and Elijah, uh, how were they able to fast so long, uh, 40 days? Well, when I did my research, I done my study, I found out that Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, the reason how they were able to go as long as they did, 40 days and 40 nights, they were, they gotten help. They received help. It was a supernatural. They got help from the supernatural. It was God intervening and supporting them and helping them to be able to do this. And as I studied more about Jesus, how he fasted, I found out that Jesus' fast was not uh, a, a fast of minus bread and water also, as some people uh, tend to think that he went without food, he went without bread, he went without water, he, uh, uh, 40 days and 40. No, he did not. Jesus' fast uh, consisted of water. He was hydrated. He was hydrated. He was minus, minus the bread, minus the meat, minus the chicken, minus the steak, minus the other things, but he was hydrated. Uh, God took care of him. Now, you won't see this in the book of Matthew, but if you look at the book of St. Luke, the sixth chapter, it explains it to you a little bit better that Jesus, he was hungry, but uh, it, it, uh, Matthew gave his account and Luke gave his account, and when Luke gave his account, he only left off the bread, and he didn't leave off the other. It made specifically that Jesus went without bread. But it didn't say it didn't go without water. So being hydrated and by the supernatural power of God, he was able to fast as long as he did. Now, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but it's just for our info how our leaders, our spiritual leaders, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, how they were able to uh, go as long. Now, back to my point, Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus' ministry, now, after the 40 days and 40 nights fast, after he was tempted of the devil, the devil told him to turn these stones into bread. The devil offered him high positions. Uh, uh, other words, all this power I will give you, you would just bow down and follow me. And Jesus said, no deal, no deal, no deal to none of that. And so after being tempted by the devil several different ways, tempted to commit suicide, say, well, if you be the son of God, uh, cast thyself down from this mountain. And Jesus said, no deal. It's written. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. And so after going through these temptations that he had to go through by Satan himself, Jesus emerged from the wilderness after the fast, and the Bible said, and he was ministered unto by the angels. The angels came and ministered to him and to nourish his body back to health. And after he emerged from the wilderness and was ministered to by the angels, Jesus began his earthly ministry. All right. So I want to take a look at verse number 12. Now, 
when Jesus began his earthly ministry, there, there, there are three points I want to make reference to what he did, uh, his, his, the, the theme of his ministry, what his objective was, what his goal was, what his preaching was, what he was all about when he emerged from the wilderness. So we'll find this in chapter uh, 4, verse number 12. And let's read. It said, Now when Jesus had heard uh, that John was cast into prison, he departed from Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came uh, and dwelt in uh, Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephilim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Elijah, uh, Esaias the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephilim by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. All right, verse number 16, it goes on to say, The people which sat in darkness saw great light. So Jesus began his earthly ministry after he emerged from the wilderness. So it said the people that sat in darkness, and here, we are here today uh, in darkness. Our world is filled with darkness. So verse 16 said the people that sat in darkness, they saw great light. Who brought this light? Jesus brought this light. And to them that sat in the region and the shadows of death, light sprung in. So there were people that were sitting in darkness. There were people that were uh, in the shadow of death. And we're experiencing it right now. People are in the shadow of death. They are about to die on their way out of here. Uh, 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 the, what they call it? The, uh, 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 the reaper. Uh, uh, the reaper, uh, 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 I, I name failed me right now, but anyway, the grand reaper, that's it. The grand reaper is, is setting in. So uh, the shadows of death is, has sprung in. So Jesus came just in time. When he emerged from the wilderness to begin the earthly ministry, he came just in time. Those that sat in, 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 in death. Uh, door and the shadows of death, and those that sat in darkness saw the great light when Jesus began his ministry. Now, verse 17 tells us how he began his ministry and what he came out preaching. Here his thing was, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach after he came out of the wilderness, after he emerged from the wilderness of being tempted of the devil. Uh, he began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus' earthly ministry, after he emerged from the wilderness, this is his message. His message was repent, repent. And this is what, this is what we need to get, get back to, to get men and women to understand that we need to repent and get back to God. So Jesus' earthly ministry message began with the word repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what does the word repent mean? This was his gospel message. This was his message, repent. Repent means uh, to be remorsed or to regret for one's wrongdoing or sin. Uh, so Jesus' message was to the people, to the dying people, those that sat in darkness, those that was in the shadows of death, his message to the dying world at that time was to repent. Uh, you should feel uh, remorse. You need to turn from your sin, your wrongdoing, and give your life back to God. And so this was his message after emerging from the wilderness, the message, the gospel of repentance. It wasn't uh, a message of, of uh, a prosperity, big house on the hill, lots of money in the bank, uh, fancy clothes, uh, you know, living, living a life of luxury. That, that wasn't his message. That wasn't his message. Now, those things are good. Those things are good. And many have went about making and building ministry based upon prosperity, um, a, a big house on the hill, money in the bank, uh, uh, fine clothes, and just living a great life here on planet Earth. Well, those things have its place, and, and, and it's okay to have those things. But the Lord did not build his ministry. His ministry was not based on those things. And I, I base not my ministry upon those things. I know that I teach and I believe with all my heart, if we love God, if we serve the Lord, 
if we do what's right in, in the eyes of the Lord, those things will be met. Our needs will be met. God will take care of your needs according to his riches and glory. You will have a nice place to stay. God will supply you with finances to meet your daily need. Those things are automatically uh, going to be taken care of uh, because, one, you are a child of God. So I wouldn't dare base a ministry or start a ministry on uh, prosperity and all those things because uh, you can run after these things and achieve these things and then lose your soul. But what the ministry is all about and what Jesus came into this world to do was to get man to turn from his evil ways, his corrupt thinking, his, 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 his evil thoughts. And so this was his ministry was all about. And I like to keep my ministry based on what Jesus' ministry was all about. And that is a message of repentance. We need to ask God for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I am remorse. Um, I feel regretful uh, for my wrongdoings and the things that I've done in life. Uh, I, I ask you to forgive me. So Jesus' message was a message of repentance. So here, after he emerged from the wilderness, verse chapter, verse number seventeen, we see his message was repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message, brothers and sisters. Now, we look at verse number 18. After Jesus gotten his message, came out and uh, began his ministry, he began to uh, uh, develop his team. Every pastor, every spiritual leader needs to have a team. He has to develop his team. It is very important that we uh, get the right team. Sometimes we can get uh, bad players on our team. We can pick the wrong people for our team just for the sake of trying to form a team. Okay, I'll take you. Okay, you come on. You'll do. I'll take you. Come on. Sometimes you can get people on your team that are not team players. And sometimes you can get people on your team that do not have the same vision that the Lord have given you when you start your ministry. So it's very important to get the right people on your team if you want to survive, okay, be successful, amen, doing God's work. So in verse number 18, uh, Jesus began to develop and reach out and get his team. So I read verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brethren, Simon uh, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. All right. And verse 19 said, And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So we see Jesus now forming his team. He reached out and got Simon Peter, reached out and got Andrew, his brother. And these men, by trade, were fishermen. And they understood the art of fishing. So he went after these men. So Jesus said, now follow me, and uh, I'm going to make you fishers of men. We got to go and catch some men. We need to catch some women, some boys, and some girls, and pour them into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is forming his team. And verse 20 said, and straight away uh, left their nest and followed him. Verse 21 goes on to say, and going on from this, he saw two other brethren. Here he is still trying to develop his team. He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and then he saw John, his brother. And in the ship, they were in the ship with uh, Zebedee, their father, uh, mending their nets, and he called them. So here it is, Jesus still developing his team. Reached out and got Peter. Reached out and got Andrew. Reached out and got James. Reached out and got John. Jesus now, he emerged from the wilderness, brothers and sisters. After this long, rigorous fast, he emerged. And he started his ministry, and his message was a message of repentance, repentance. And then he began to develop his team. So we have Simon Peter. We have Andrew. Now we have James. 
Now we have John, and they, in verse 22 said, and they immediately left the ship of the father, and they followed him, teaching in the synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And now, after Jesus, uh, he's developed his team, these are not all his team players, but just four of them. He got others another place. Now, but I want you to understand, he's developing his team. Now, the next thing Jesus did after developing his, his team was to go out and do his work. And his work began in verse number 23. He knew he needed help in doing the work. Uh, every pastor, every leader need help. Uh, Jesus said the harvest is uh, what? Plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so every leader need to go out and try uh, to get his team developed so he can go out and do his work. And so Jesus got his team partially developed. Now he been, he's now finna begin to do his work. Roll his sleeves up. There's work to be done. Take a look at verse 23. As they went down to Galilee, he preached the kingdom of God, the gospel down there, uh, the gospel of the kingdom. But notice this next thing right here. It says, and healing all of all manners of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. So Jesus' next thing on the list was to help the hurting people. Okay, you follow me? So he began his message, his ministry. He got his message, which was repentance. Then he got his team, which was the disciples. And now he's on his way to bring deliverance to a hurting, dying world. And here he said, then he went about healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. Verse 24 said, And his fame uh, went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that was taken with diver diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which was lunatic, and those that had uh, posia, and he healed them. And, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Now, I want to just elaborate on a little bit of his work. After he got his message, which was a message of repentance, after he formed his team, which was his disciples, then he began to do his work. And his work was to bring deliverance to the people. But I want to I want to key in just a little bit on the type of people that Jesus began to work with and bring this gospel to. Notice back at verse number twenty-three, he said, just middle ways of twenty-three, he said, and he preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing all manner of sickness. All matter, no matter what the sickness was, Jesus was laying hands on folk, healing people, telling the lame to get up and walk. And then it goes on to say, and all manner of diseases. You name diseases that uh, that's in our day and time. I'm pretty sure they had some of the same or worse. But notice verse number 24. I really want to make some references here. Verse 24 said, and his fame, you know, people hear about you, went Throughout all Syria, when people hear about a preacher, I never real, real forget today, uh, Bishop T.D. Jake, when his fame went out. Of course, he was preaching for quite a long time, but his fame only hasn't been out that long. Uh, when his fame went out, I say maybe 10, 15 years ago, his fame went out. That everybody learned and found out about this great, powerful preacher, Bishop T.D. Jake. And everybody began to listen to hear him. And as he began to explain, explain, expound and teach the word of God. So here, Jesus' fame went out to all Syria, and they brought unto him all people that were sick. Check this out. All the people that were sick, that were taken with diverse diseases. Oh, yeah. All kinds of diseases. And torments. Now, when I looked at this word torment, T-O-R-M-E-N-T-S, torment, they brought people to Jesus that had diseases. They brought people to Jesus that were torment, that was dealing with torments. 
And when I looked at it, I said, Lord, we're dealing with that today. People are torment. They're dealing with torments, T-O-R-M-E-N-T-S. People are dealing with torments today. And uh, what the word torments mean, it means severe, severe physical or mental suffering. So Jesus healed the people in that day and time that were dealing with torments, the people that had severe physical and mental suffering. So we have that today, brother and sister. I know some. You know some. We met some. I've experienced some myself. I've even been there myself. Severe uh, uh, physical suffering, severe uh, mental suffering. There it is. So they brought these type people to Jesus. And when I look at the state that our world is in right now, I see nothing but people that's tormented. I see people suffering. I see people hurting uh, physically. They're hurting. Uh, how physically uh, suffering? Uh, that means that could be lack of uh, uh, the basic needs in life, the basic human needs, food, shelter, water, clothing, you know, being able to provide for themselves. So Jesus ministered to and prayed for those that was uh, hurting severely, physically, tormented. Uh, and so he ministered them and, and, and helped them with their physical needs, the basic thing. Food, water, clothes, shelter. He helped them with those things. He ministered to them, to them uh, pertaining to those things. Severe physical need. And then also uh, mental suffering. There are people who are among us, brothers and sisters, who are suffering mentally. Mentally suffering. Now, this this particular one here, mental torment, this mental suffering, it's, 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 it's a lot different from the one I'm going to get to further down in the scripture. This mental suffering could be uh, stemmed from uh, a bad relationship, a bad experience with a bad spouse, uh, mistreatment maybe on a job, maybe mistreatment from a parent, mistreatment from a family member, mental, mental. Someone mess your mind up mental and you're, you're hurt. Your heart is broken. That's all it is. Mentally, your heart has been broken. So, brothers and sisters, the purpose of the gospel is to help heal these broken hearts, these, these wounded spirits. They got it needs to be. It must be fixed. And, uh, and you can't be the, the person that God intends for you to be. You can't do the work that God needs you to do if you are broken. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so many of us are broken, and we don't know that we are broken, and uh, we need to be fixed. There's a show called, I think, uh, many of you, I think the lady named Yolanda Fixed My Life. Maybe you heard of it. Well, she goes around trying to fix people's lives. Their lives have been broken, all torn up and apart. They got life all wrong. They're going at it the wrong way. And she goes about to help fix these people's lives. The priorities is all wrong. The marriage is all messed up. You're not looking at it the right way. So they're asking her, fix my life. Well, she helped some. But the purpose of the gospel right here, Jesus was in the, he was in the business of fixing people's lives. So I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, so, so you may not can get a hold to Yolanda, but I want you to know if you can get a hold to Jesus, Jesus can restore, Jesus can fix your life, that mental suffering that you might be dealing with. Jesus is able to fix that. He's able to help you get over a bad relationship. He's able to help you get over uh, 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 an abusive relationship, whatever it might be. Jesus is able, and this is what his ministry was all about. After he developed his team, he went out trying to minister to these people who had these problems, torments, severe physical or mental suffering. They had mind problems. They weren't crazy. They didn't need to be locked up, but they just had some problem with their mind. They were abused, and they needed some help. 
with their mind some psychological help. And Jesus is in the business of helping those people. So let me read on just a little bit further. Uh, after Jesus' uh, ministry began after the wilderness. All right, he went out and he began to help those people that was diseased, those that were sick, and those that were, that were dealing with torments. Brother and sister, if you are tormented today about anything, you need, you need to be touched by God. That's my thought today. That's my message today. That's my topic. We need a touch from God. We need, you need, I need a touch from God. And just a touch from God will help me deal with my mental need, help me deal with my physical need. And so here, this is what Jesus was doing, helping those people that were dealing with some torment. And those that were possessed with devils, and, oh, Lord, we really need that, the, uh, that operation to go forth now today. Jesus was in the business of helping those people that was possessed with devils. And Lord knows if you watch the news, if you watch the TV, you see what's going on in the world, I have to conclude these many folks, we're dealing with demons and devils everywhere, left and right. People are crazy. They lost their mind. We're dealing with people that are possessed by devils, have bad motives, bad intentions, bad outcomes, bad incomes. They just, we're dealing with people that are possessed by something else that's controlling their mind, that's controlling their action, and that's nothing but the devils. Okay, so Jesus, he helped those people that were possessed with devils. The work of the God, the ministry, the gospel is here to help people who might be driven, who might be tormented, who might be having problems with spirits that tear them, spirits that drive them, spirits that compel them, spirits that won't let them rest. The gospel of Jesus Christ is here to deal with those type people. Those that were possessed with devils. And check this word out here. And those that were lunatic. Now, this is the one I want to get to. The gospel of Jesus after he emerged from the wilderness, he dealt with those people that were uh, that was a lunatic. Well, a lot of us don't know what a lunatic is. We might say, well, somebody crazy. Somebody crazy. Well, to, to a degree. Uh, but we don't want to use the word that uh, crazy. That's that's. That's not a, a nice word. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not a very nice word. Excuse me. But here, uh, he dealt with those people that which were lunatic. And when I look at the word lunatic, uh, it didn't give me a definition saying crazy. The definition that uh, the word lunatic came to me, it said uh, mental, mental illness. Mental illness. And this is what Jesus, he dealt with people that were dealing with mental illness. Well, believe it or not, they had mental illness in that day and time, brothers and sisters. And we have people today who, who are dealing with mental illness. Sometimes they may not know it. Sometimes they may have a not, and, and, and I'm pretty sure most of them that are experiencing and going through it don't know it because they won't let them know it. But you know it because you came in contact with them. You dealt with them, and the relationship wasn't good, and the atmosphere wasn't good, and you know you, what you was dealing with. And so Jesus, was he came, uh, emerged from this wilderness. He, he, he came to, to bring a message or a gospel of deliverance to those that were torn, those that were sick diseases, those that possessed with devils, and they that wish were lunatic, people that experience mental illness. Look at the world today and tell me what you see. Tell me that we're not dealing with people who are experiencing mental illness. The gospel is, is here today to help people who might be dealing with some mental illness. Now, there was a man in the Bible who was out in the uh, cemetery crying out, making all kinds of noises, and people were afraid of him, and uh, they tried to bind him with chain, but he broke the chain. This man was dealing with mental illness, and the scripture said, they all men tried to help him. The doctors tried to help him. They all sought to help him, but they couldn't help this man. But Jesus came in contact with this man one day, and when Jesus finished talking with this man, when Jesus left this man, the crowd came and they observed this man. That 
had this mental illness, when they got through observing this man who came in contact with Jesus, they said they found this man sitting, and he never sat. They found this man sitting and clothed in his right mind. So what am I saying, brothers and sisters? What am I saying? The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel that deals with the total man. Any gospel, any ministry that does not touch bases with and does not deal with the total man is a gospel that likens liken, uh, what it needs to have to help God's people. So Jesus said he, he, would, he met with this person. He came to help these people that were lunatic and reading on and those that had positive. Now, positive were those people that were paralyzed. Some of them was paralyzed from waist down. Some people were paralyzed from neck down. And uh, But Jesus came, and he prayed for these people, and he ministered to these people, and he brought deliverance to these people that was paralyzed, those that had mental illness, okay? And then it said, and, and those that had palsy. And the scripture said, and he healed them. So we see uh, the outcome of Jesus' ministry. He had a message. Repentance, return, repent, be remorse for your wrongdoings and for your sins. He developed his team to help him with this message, and his work was bring deliverance to these type people, okay? And then he said, and he healed them, and there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from the uh, uh, Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and beyond Jordan. So Jesus' message, his gospel was a message to deal with the total man, brother. There's some things in the family of God with the people of God that some of these ministries that I examine does not help the people. It does not help. It's, it, it, they're not dealing with the total man. But we have to deal with every aspect of the family, every aspect of you, your family. Uh, I heard one preacher say, well, I preach the gospel, but I don't, I don't really get into marriage. I don't get into people's bedrooms. I don't get into the family. You have to. You have to because marriages are crazy. The bedrooms is crazy. Everything messed up now. The gospel is more about, it's more uh, than just raising money, building a new building, uh, 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 you know, who got the bigger church and raising money and, you know, or things of that nature. The gospel is more than that, brothers and sisters. It's more than that. We have to help people deal with these basic needs that they're failing in, okay? And, and that's what Jesus did. Uh, uh, he dealt with these basic needs, all right? Let me go just a little bit further. Now, uh, turn with me to uh, the book of uh uh, we're still in the book of St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Now, when Jesus began the earthly ministry, uh, Jesus came out preaching repentance. He got his team. He came forth and went to work with his team, taking deliverance to the people. All right, in chapter 11, uh, I want to begin reading in verse 2, and it says, Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, See, John heard about the thing that Jesus was doing. Jesus was healing the sick, or raising the dead, uh, uh, delivering the, 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 the palsia, uh, delivering people that were tormented, those that, had, that was a lunatic, wasn't in their right mind. When John heard about all the things that Jesus was doing, John was in prison for preaching the same gospel, and John was facing death. He didn't want to die not knowing that this person that he was hearing about doing such a great job somewhere out there, he wanted to make sure that he was the one that was to come. Now when Jesus heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, uh, and said unto him, Art thou he that shall come, or do we look for another? John wanted to make sure that this person was doing all the healing, all the living, preaching repentance. See, John preached repentance, preached remorsefulness, preached regret uh, for your sins and your action. And so when John heard this, he sent two of his disciples, two members of his team to Jesus and said, Well, are you the one that shall come, or do we look for another one? And here's what Jesus replied in verse number four. 
chapter 11, verse number 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you hear and which you see. Tell this to John, verse 5. The blind receive their sight, the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dumb are, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So this is the report that Jesus gave John uh, our members to go back and tell him. When John asked him, are you the one, or do I look for another? And Jesus said, go tell John what you see. All right, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are clean, uh, the deaf can hear, the poor, the poor have the gospel, uh, the dead and raised. Go tell John that. And when they went back and told John these things, John automatically knew that Jesus was the one. He knew that Jesus was the one to come that was going to bring deliverance to the people, that was going to bring the right message of repentance to the people, that helped turn the hearts of the children back to God, turn the hearts of the children, the hearts of the father, the hearts of the mother back to God. What am I saying, brothers and sisters? We need a touch from God. We need our men. We need our women. We need our children. We need to turn our hearts back to God. We need so desperately, so desperately a touch from God to be relieved of what we're dealing with in our physical body. And, 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 and the gospel that, we're, that we are hearing now does not deal with the told man. It does not deal with what people are dealing with. Only thing they're doing is raising money and paying bills. But we got to deal with God's people's needs. And this is what John said. I see that you're doing what the scripture said. Now, go with me just a little bit further. All right. In the book of uh, St. John, St. John, the fourth chapter, there's a woman there. Now, John knew what Jesus was going to be doing when he came. John knew that Jesus was going to be preaching repentance. John knew he was going to get his team, his disciples. John knew he was going to be going about bringing deliverance and healing the people and, and, and healing the sick bodies, their mind, their body, their soul, whatever it was. John knew that Jesus was going to do that. Well, here's a woman here in the fourth chapter of John. Uh, she knew also what Jesus was going to do. Now, listen at this. In St. John, the fourth chapter, Verse number 24 and 25, it says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You get that? God is a spirit. We worship a spiritual God. He's spirit. And he's not flesh. He's not bone. He's not a statue. He's not, he's not anything that, 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 that's not alive. He's a spirit. You know, we don't worship anything that's not alive. I don't worship a statue. The statues that they're pulling down, I don't worship that. I don't worship these statues. They're just uh, statues and monuments of people who operate in a certain uh, time in life. So here he said, uh, the woman, God said, that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And verse number 25 said, the woman said unto him, I know, you hear what the woman said, I know, we need a lot of people that can say, I know, I know that Messiah coming, I know the Messiah is coming, this is what the woman said, she didn't, I didn't think it, I, 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 not that I feel like it, you know, I feel, no, this woman said, I know, we don't have enough people that can say, I know, people just aren't sure nowadays, but brothers and sisters, you got to get it in your spirit, there's some things that you, you know, you know, See, I lived on a lot of streets in my life, but I, now I'm living on the street. I know. I know. Okay? And so he said, I, she said, I know that the Messiah coming, which is called Christ. I know he's coming. And check this out what she said. And when he has come, he will tell us all things. So when Jesus comes, the purpose of Jesus coming was to tell us all things. And in and, and, and verse 26 says, and Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. I'm the one that's going to tell you all things. Now, let me read it to you, brothers and sisters, just a little bit from the Amplified Bible. It says it like this. The woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, 
the anointed one. And when he arrived, he would tell us everything we need to know and make it clear. And Jesus said unto her, I am whom I am now speaking with you, am he. So Jesus knew that. The woman knew that. So she knew what Jesus would be doing, what he would do when he come into the world. And my message today, brothers and sisters, you need to know what the gospel is all about, what this kingdom work is all about. We need to be have a touch from God. We need God to operate in our life, to meet our needs, our basic needs, the total need from the head, everything that we come in contact with, the total man. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for that. We need to be touched by that, touched by that, and understand that. Uh, amen, somebody. So uh, the woman knew, this woman knew what Jesus was going to be all about. Do you know, brothers and sisters today, do you know, can you say like the woman said, I know when the Messiah come who is called Christ. I know when he comes. Do you know the Messiah? Do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus? Do you know what he's all about? When I look around, when I see what I see, I can say for sure, I know Jesus. I know the Lord. I know the Christ. And, and what I see, I can say, that's not him. That's not it. That's not it, brothers and sisters. We need a touch from God. Brothers and sisters, this is what the kingdom is all about. Now, the word of the Lord said, Jesus, you remember Jesus taught the disciples in his prayer. In his prayer. He said, pray our Father which art in heaven, thy will be done. You know how it go. Then he got on down to a verse which said, and thy kingdom come. It's time now, brothers and sisters, that you and I pray that the kingdom of God comes. We praying for a lot of other things. We praying for houses, land, a whole lot of money. But Jesus said, pray for the kingdom of come. This world is getting so evil. It's so much going on in this world. Men, the Bible said they're going to wax worse and worse. It's time we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Pray thy kingdom come. Pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We got to get back to the Lord's prayer and pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. We need a touch from God. And if we want to get that touch from God, we got to pray, Lord, let thy kingdom come. Because too much is going on earth right now. It's messing up our children's minds. It's destroying our families. It's destroying good men and good women. Lord, let thy kingdom come. We need you, Jesus, like never before. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I hope I said something that encouraged your heart on today. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.